everyone, and thanks for listening to Leading Well by Valor Mentoring, where we get to know leaders and how they make it happen. I'm your host, Tim Davis, and today we get the distinct pleasure of having Paige Clarkson visiting our studios. Good morning, Paige. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for coming. So um, I've known you as a deeply committed community person for a long time. You currently serve as Marion County District Attorney. That's correct? right. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but uh, with that, let's just dive on in. Like, let's start towards the early part of your life. Or if you have anything you want to share about childhood. It's like therapy, or, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. I'll get the couch in just a second. Perfect. So. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. Uh, sure. I mean, gosh, I, uh, I had the best childhood possible. I mm. was raised by people who love me and take care of me and treated me like I was amazing. Um, I'm the oldest of seven. I okay. have five brothers and a sister, um, all of whom are, we're all over the United States now, but I grew up in Northern California originally. Uh, My mom was a teacher, actually a speech pathologist. um, And I lost my mom about, almost about 11 years ago now Mm -hmm. um, to cancer. And my mom was one of those people where everybody thought uh, she was their best friend. Mm -hmm. And I was raised by somebody who just treated people like that. And uh, and I don't even know that my mom had a best friend, but everybody thought she was theirs. (laughs) And what an amazing gift that is to give to other humans, right? To treat them like they're the most important person in your world. And my mom did that, and she raised seven of us, worked full-time. My uh, my dad was a landscaper for most of his life, Um, so I was solidly middle class, um, and uh, but we uh, we were loved and treated well and and treated exactly like children are supposed to be raised to be... uh, contributing adults mm-hmm. and treated like they have something to offer and like they're capable. Right. Um, and and I, my mom, I, I, my dad's a great person too, but my mom really, I think, carried the bulk of us. All of us would tell you she right. was she was the most important person in our life. It's almost like you're insinuating that that isn't the way it currently exists. You know, and, uh, <laughs> it's the way it should exist. Yes. Uh, but in I my agree. job, I see that right. it doesn't exist that right. way. And and I really, truly believe that if everybody raised children like I was raised, we wouldn't have, I, you wouldn't need people like me to prosecute right. crime. Right. Now, and actually, valor mentoring wouldn't exist either, right? That's exactly because, yeah, right. If you wouldn't ma- be if males and fathers were present. That's and so exactly on. right. And yeah. um, what a great world it would be if you and I were out of a job. Amen. Yeah, yeah. that's not going to be the case. <laughs> but um, but it uh, but I was really raised like like you. We want everyone to raise their children and to treat people. And uh, I was very very lucky, very very blessed. Sure. Like if you're thinking. Uh, childhood, elementary, middle school, high school, and, and so, like, what interests did you have yeah. as far as extracurriculars? Or? Well, um, I was a joiner, um, mm-hmm. at, and I was the oldest, so I blazed a trail for uh-huh. all of my siblings who came after me. My sister and I uh, bookended uh, our our seven kids, and I joke all the time that I was raised in a completely different household than she was. <laughs> um, I was raised with a bunch of annoying brothers and all their stupid little friends, and she was raised with hot older brothers and all of their attractive <laughs> friends. And, um, and so we grew up in in very different places um, and very different households. And uh, I had all the rules and yeah. had to blaze the trail for everybody. My mom was just glad my sister came home alive, right? That's right. Like she was just tired. <laughs> so um, I, uh, wait, we grew up in very different places, but um, but I, I was a joiner. I joined everything. I was, you know, a cheerleader. I know mm-hmm. that shocks you. <laughs> I, um, I was uh, uh, in student council and um, leadership and all of those things that, um, that you do when you're, you know, a, 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 a young girl girl trying to find her way so well i mean you you because of maybe your upbringing that type of stuff have this assumptive thought that that's 
decisions that people would make, but not everybody uh, joins student government and that, and that be, type that of might stuff. That might be true. Right? I know? do feel like I was a very stereotypical firstborn oldest child. True. Where I, yeah. Yeah. I, um, You're I hard on yourself. Yes, uh, I, you know, yes, yeah. And I'm a rule exactly. follower by yep. nature, which led right. me directly into the job that I that I have. I like rules and structure, um, much to my children's chagrin, I think. But <laughs> I, um, but I, I was very stereotypical in that way. And like sure. I said, blaze the trail for all my very lucky siblings who had a very easy road after me because I was a I was an easy kid. Yeah. 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 I would say the same thing about our firstborn, you know. Yeah. So uh <laughs> yeah. Um what uh maybe what was the first time uh that you realized that you saw leadership in yourself? You know, I think I saw it because other people right. saw it. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, when you talk about leadership, I think that's one of the um, the greatest gifts you can give other human beings is calling out their skill mm-hmm. and calling out what you see as a natural inclination in another human being, whether that be leadership or whether it be empathy or whether it be a gift for engineering or building something. I think there's um, a, a gift that you can give other people by mm-hmm. just pointing out what they're naturally good at um, or what they have an inclination toward. And um, I remember specifically uh, from a young age, you know, my, again, my mother putting me in, in positions where she would be like, you're, you know, you're naturally good at this or, mm-hmm. or she was the kind of mother that would tell me when teachers called her to tell her that I had done something good. And just the fact that that reinforced some sort of goodness in, mm. in me, um, that's a gift, right? That's yeah. a gift you give to other people by pointing that out. And so I think um, specifically, you know, as far as lawyering or wanting to be an attorney one day, uh, I watched a lot. Law and Order um, okay. as, as a child. That got you uh, to pass it, the bar? It, it, no, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it taught me a lot. Uh, it uh, it definitely led me toward that. But I, uh, but I remember being in high school and I had a great um, student government teacher. Um, and I remember his name, Ron Nicola. Um, a shout out to Mr. Nicola. There you go. And he, uh, and I remember he was the kind of guy that would tell you, you would be really good at this, or you could be a good mm. you know, what fill in the blank, right? So powerful. And what that does, it does. And it's really powerful because it gives you the ability to see yourself in a particular way. Um, and it it paves a way for you that maybe you didn't recognize in yourself. And so I think, you know, I had really great teachers growing up and, um, and really am grateful for just a solid public school education yeah. <laughs> as a young kid. And, um, um, and I think really it comes from other people pointing it out. It wasn't that I saw it in myself. It was that other people gave me that gift. Yeah. 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 Um, did in high school, did you have like debate teams or mock trial stuff or? Uh, I did a lot of public speaking okay. um, when I, uh, that kind of thing didn't exist when I was right. in high school. I think that's more of a more recent, uh, recent kind of thing. But I did, uh, the, our local rotary did a speech competition. Okay. I competed in that um, and uh, was, was pretty successful in that. I liked public speaking from the time I was in elementary school. Teachers would ask me to run assemblies and things like that. I liked that. Uh, it was a natural, uh, it was just a natural inclination. So, um, so I enjoyed that kind of activity. And again, when you, when you get called out for that kind of a gift, it becomes something that you're motivated to, to cultivate. No, that's true. To build. Yeah, that's good. Um, looking back, you know, uh, in maybe your college years, uh, first of all, just out of curiosity from a scale of one to 10, how difficult was law school? Um, law school was an experience. 
I, yeah. you know, giving it a difficulty number, I think you would have to ask, I mean, I, I graduated a long time ago. I'm very old. <laughs> I, um, I think you would have to ask me like at any given moment, right? How bad was right. law school? I, um, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I did not particularly love law school. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I'm also, uh, I like to learn. I like to read. I like to do that kind of thing, but I wouldn't consider myself one of those people that would call myself like a lifelong learner. Ac- this is going to sound terrible. Wiser, yeah, yeah. Like right. I don't, I'm not somebody that's just going to take a college class just for the fun of it. Um, Maybe that's just because I'm tired. Um, I have four (laughs) four children. I'm tired. But um, I feel like I have to do a lot of school with them. But I... but law school to me was a means to an end. I right. knew I knew I wanted to help people. I knew I wanted to be a lawyer in some fashion. I wasn't 100% sure what I wanted to do when I went in. Found it really fast. Um, consider myself really lucky to have found something that I love really early on. Um, but law school is full of other people who want to be lawyers. I don't know if you've met a lot of lawyers. Some of them are really were the weirdos. So I uh, and I, you know, I mean, I'm one of them, right? Sure. We're all in this position. Yep, yep. So I, uh, I, I found my people when I got a clerkship in the uh, Marion County District Attorney's Office. And I remember walking in there, and literally it was day one. And I thought, oh, this is where I belong. These are my people. This is what I, uh, what I want to do. And um, and I, I think that that is again what I hope for people who go into. Yeah. Uh, any any type of any type of class, any type of post education, any. I hope you find what you, what fits you, and that's what happened to me. I was just lucky enough to get a clerkship at the DA's office, and I've never left. Yeah. So it you, sometimes you just find where you belong. Yeah, <clears throat> one of the biggest traits uh, for our listeners is either helping people find purpose, and maybe you're listening right now, and you're like, "Well, you've knocked out X amount of years at a job, and this and that, but things just seem like you're just getting by or whatever." Uh, if you break Everything from uh, intellectual to faith to all to morality, all that stuff down, it really comes down to uh, if you have purpose, you endure and can endure a lot of other things right. uh, if you keep that purpose you yeah. know, yeah, straight It's purpose forward. and it's hope, right? Yes. It's being yep. able to see that you have something better waiting for you. Right. Um, on the other side. And that's, you know, law school is three years of me just hoping that something was better <laughs> on the other side. And I do think, again, you know, I was really, really fortunate to be raised by people who who thought I had options and who taught me that I had somewhere to go and something to be and something to give. Um, and that gives you hope, right? That that when you're able to see the future, when you're able to see something beyond your, your current state, um, you can endure almost anything. Uh, so. That's true. That's true. Um, let's see, like now you've been at this a while. I know it's, it's not an easy job, but, uh, what is, maybe, is there something that surprised you about the the job that you didn't expect to be the way it is? Yeah, Yeah. for sure. I mean, I've been doing this, I've been in our office for 25 years now. So this is something that surprised me really early on. I've, uh, I've settled into this, but you know, I always tell people when I first started, um, as a prosecutor, I expected that the people that I would be helping, and I was really thinking of survivors of crime, victims of crime, um, I thought they would be like the people that I saw on Oprah. Um, I thought that they would uh, want my help, <laughs> that oh. they would want to tell me their story, that they would want my uh, my involvement in their life. Right. Uh, I learned really fast that what I really am as a prosecutor is an interloper mm. in other people's tragedy and trauma. 
Um, and Can you maybe you, define interloper for people? Who may not, for me, yeah. Yeah. I'm an unwanted guest. Okay. <laughs> I, am, uh, I am someone who knocks on the door, right, when you don't want me there. Right. Um, and, you know, this is for law enforcement in general, for uh, first responders, but for prosecutors. We are in people's lives when really bad things have happened. Sure. So if I'm there, it usually means something bad has happened. It's not, you know, we're not celebrating mm. a birthday. I'm not right. coming to a party. I'm, I'm there because something terrible has occurred. And the longer I did this job um, and the more serious cases you handled, it's the natural progression of being a prosecutor, um, the worse that gets, right? Mm. And so I learned really on that um, that survivors and victims of crime most of the time are not ready. Um, they don't want to be my friend. That's not what they're looking for. Uh, and so sometimes we're even working at cross purposes, right? Sometimes um, a prosecutor like me holding somebody accountable for a crime actually complicates a survivor's life. Um, and is not in that moment something they're ready to accept. And right. so the, it's hard to um, it, it's hard to want to go into a job and help people when really that's helping them sometimes is in their view not helping them at all. Right. Um, and so that was a little bit of a disappointment to me mm-hmm. in this work early You're on. Like, Wait, I'm just I, I'm riding in on a yeah. shiny horse. I'm right, here to exactly. save the day. So, <laughs> you want to know me? I'm fun. I promise. I'm gonna and uh, and yeah. And that's not um, how that looks to a lot of people. And um, once I learned that, and like I said, it it had it was a quick learning experience. Um, and then I just sort of accepted my role, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes my role is uh, I'm kind of the face of something really terrible, and I just take it. Um, and again, you know, I go back to kind of your earlier question: What was my young life like? I was. Um, I I don't have a lot of trauma in my life. I am very very blessed and lucky. What that does is allows me to take it on for other people. Mm-hmm. I my shoulders are big enough. I'm strong enough. I uh, I have enough room um, right. to to handle other people's trauma and not be triggered myself in it. Mm-hmm. I think it makes me uniquely qualified to do this job, um, and it really is because I was loved and treated exactly how people are supposed to be treated growing up. I didn't experience horrible things. Right. Um, and uh, and so it allows me to take that on for other people. And as a prosecutor, that's that's what we do. We, yeah. we hear people's worst days and worst stories. And so, um, but I was, I, I had, did have to learn that early on, that uh, people didn't always want me there. And I had to find other, other ways to, uh, to be a part of their life. Yeah. Uh, as you were describing that, I, th- I thought there's some parallels there with parenting. Yeah. You know, yeah. like uh, sometimes uh, it, whether we're right or wrong, we feel like we know better. And so unfortunately, we're going to make this decision, even though yes. your, your kid doesn't necessarily uh, agree with that. Yeah. You know? And, and but, sometimes as a parent, we do things because it's just the right decision, right. even though it's a little bit painful, even sure. as a parent, right? right? Holding your kid accountable and punishing them, um, that hurts. And it's also really inconvenient, right? Like when I take the keys to my kid's car, that means I got to drive them somewhere, right? Right. Um, That's really inconvenient for me. Um, And so that's that, that's the intersection of Mm -hmm. compassion and accountability, which I think as parents, we understand um, really a lot. It it hits you hard as a parent. And it's it's kind of what being a prosecutor is. It's it's that intersection of of those two things. Yeah. And I think uh, when you get to that accountability, piece, I think that's what our community is struggling with the most too, yes. right? I mean, uh, yeah, well, it's my show, so I can say what I want. But but uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the accountability piece is really what's 
what's hindering a lot of people's progression, right? That, yeah, I, yeah. And I and I so, understand why, right? I, I think yep. I get I understand it in that sometimes accountability feels not compassionate. In other right. words, we've divorced those two things. Right. Um, and and I think I think it's a momentary lapse in uh, in our in our look. I think we want people to to be okay and we want people to be able to live their life like they want to live it. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it feels um, not compassionate or mean to tell people they need to be on a particular path or they need to follow a particular road. Right. Um, but again, I, 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 because I'm a mother and because I was raised by a mother who held me very much accountable, um, I understand that it is actually is compassionate to hold people to a certain standard. Right. Um, because you do that because you love them and you do that because you care about other people. And I think it's that intersection of those two things that if we can just get back to that a little bit, mm-hmm. um, I do think we can we can see a change in a, in our community and in our state and across, you know. Amen. Yeah. 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 Um, if you're looking back at your 25-year-old self, oh, yes. uh, what kind of advice would you give you know, um, I again, I'm sort of a Type A personality, yep. right? Like old firstborn, oldest child. Um, I and I, I say this a lot. I say it too. I have a college age daughter now. My oldest is in college, and I I think the best advice I would give myself is to um, enjoy the, the the ride more. Um, I'm a I'm a bit of a, a destination oriented yep. person. And looking back, I mean, I'm getting older now and uh, got you know children at the you know high school age and older. And I think, gosh, I, I'm not sure I enjoyed that as much as I should have. I'm not sure I enjoyed the moment um, because I'm always looking forward to the next thing, um, what the next step is. And, um, and I do it for myself. I do it, I do it with my kids. Like, oh, if I could just get them out of diverse, it's going to be great, right? <laughs> if I can just not push a stroller, it's going to be amazing. And then it's like, oh, if I just get them into, into high school and I won't have that, you know, none of that's real. You have to enjoy the moment. And, um, and I'm, I'm not particularly good at that. I have to remind myself of that. And, um, and now as I'm kind of in, I would say the second half of a career of a very long career, I kind of look back and think, oh, I, I should probably enjoy where I am rather than keep trying to push towards, you know, retirement or something or whatever. whatever right. next for yeah. me, right? Um, yeah. And I think, uh, I think as a, you know, in, in college, I probably would have enjoyed the ride a little bit more had I had I focused a little bit more on that. And, yeah, yeah. I uh, have done a fair amount of reading, you know, when it comes to the uh, order, birth order and that type of yes. stuff. It's pretty fascinating, right? Yeah. So uh, as a as a father of a firstborn, yes. and uh, uh, is a very uh, self-disciplined, driven, looking for that next thing. I remember having that conversation you were talking about with with my son. That high school, yeah, you're getting straight A's and blah blah. Right. blah but like, you're only like for especially a senior year. You're only a senior. This is all, yeah. In it's high once, school, one time. One time. So right. Try to try to enjoy it a little bit. Absolutely. You know? <laughs> and as a parent, I, I need to tell myself that, right? Like, oh, enjoy that yes. senior year of theirs or enjoy that, you right. know, uh, nobody enjoys the middle school year. So I'm not going to tell anybody to do that. Those are horrible. And we're all weirdos in that period of time. But I, yeah. I really do think like just in general, I, um, I you kind of have to just love where you're at. And rather yeah. than always trying to get in somewhere else too. So, well, and yeah. I just parented kids through a pandemic, right? When they're in that awkward middle school and early high school years. And even, you know, my oldest daughter graduated in 2020 and it was just terrible. I mean, they just got robbed, right? There was right. just no, you can't, yep. uh, you can't b- b- sugarcoat that in any other way. But, um, but yeah, you, it, you just have to know that everything is um, temporary. 
Yeah. And it, we we get through everything eventually, and and that is that is part of just getting older too, right? Like I don't sure. I don't know if my twenty five year old self would have been prepared to hear that message anyway. Like no. you kind of have to live a while to realize, oh, you know, I rather than pining for the good old days, recognize you're kind of in them sometimes. So yeah, uh, your twenty five year old self would think of you and I as ancient, a hundred percent, like. Practically ready for the retirement home. Yes, a hundred percent. Exactly. I, so. uh, <laughs> yes, I I look at like just the. I mean, when I got out of law school, I still didn't have a cell phone. Like that's how old I am. Yeah. Like I was still using a landline. So, me and grandma. Yep. Um, are about. So it's it's we're in a very different place than we were just twenty five years ago. So <laughs> it's yeah. Yeah. Hey, how about um. Hobbies or or music genre? Do you have any? You know, what's oh that look gosh. like? I mean, you know, um, I, hobbies. What are hobbies? I, I have kids, <laughs> so my hobbies are very much uh, around my children. Um, I, uh, you know, because I have the, those high school age kids, and um, it's all sports, right? Yeah. Uh, what the what the kids are doing? I just spent, you know, you spend a weekend either watching wrestling or watching volleyball, or um, that's kind of what my uh, what my extracurriculars look like. Mm. Um, I love. Uh, if it's just me and I have a you know a, an afternoon, I, yesterday I was uh, I was at volleyball, but I you know I love a good NFL football game. If I can there just sit and, and watch football, it's um, I feel like if you watch football, you feel like you're doing something, but you're not, and um, that is very attractive to me. Um, you know, music. I uh, I'm I'm an '80s kid. It was right? the best decade of it music. It was the I best mean, decade on. of music. So yeah. you know, I I love I love my old '80s stuff too, like the um, uh, I love the the New Order and the okay. Cure. Do you remember that? Sure. Do you remember how yeah. weird they all were? Yep. Um, and uh, those were my those were that's my good high school music. I was trying to explain to my kids the other day that when I was their age. Um, some of the best music we had came from soundtracks. Do you remember that? Yeah. I saw Rocky Four on Netflix the other day. I accidentally turned it on and accidentally I'm putting that in quotes because I was oh. on it. I absolutely played it. There like, you go. That's the best, one of the best movies ever. And exactly. if it's on, I'm going to sit down and watch that beginning to end. And I'm always still amazed that Rocky can pull out that, um, that win. But so, um, but the music on that, that's a soundtrack that's amazing. Yeah. And uh, Top Gun, and Footloose, Footloose I mean, you know, just, and yeah. Pretty in Pink. Do you remember? That? Like, oh so yeah. I if that if that's on my Spotify, like I'm I'm a happy girl driving to whatever meeting I'm going to. So it brings <laughs> it go. back, brings it all back. Big hair, big bangs, oh, lots of man. Aquanet. That was those are my days. Yeah. 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 Uh, um, how about uh, you know in leadership or you know the, the Bible even says there's nothing new under the sun. What is uh, what is a concept or an idea that you you know we like to call. Uh, cut and pasted, ripped off, applied that, that you think, you know, has been a positive influence in, in something that you're doing, you know? Um, you know, I'm, I'm really fortunate to work with really amazing people. And, um, and I think that any success that I have had um, as a leader in my job, in my career, is only because I surround myself with smarter, better, more capable individuals. And um, I think any leader, any good leader has to recognize that you have to surround yourself with people that are smarter than you um, and that uh, that do the job better even than you mm-hmm. than you can do it. And I think, you know, uh, if if I look at where um, where there are struggles or where I see, you know, potentially other other folks struggle, it's usually um, that lack of support that mm-hmm. you, you really kind of have to build around you. 
and make sure that you are building up people that that do the work with you and next to you, and um, and that you have common goals and um, and a common mission. Mm-hmm. Um, the mission is really easy to find in the work that we do. Um, it really is extremely important work. Um, and uh, public safety is important. Working with survivors and victims of crime is important. Our mission is easy. What you have to find is people that are um, that are smarter than you to help mm. you do it. And so, um, I'm really, really lucky that I was brought up by uh, by other leaders in my office. Uh, Dale Penn, Walt Beglau were uh, the two DAs. Prior mm-hmm. to me, uh, Dale Penn hired me. I worked under Walt Bagloff for a very long time and um, extremely smart and extremely capable, but also very generous leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I hope that I uh, emulate just a little bit of that where I give the people around me the ability to to find that mission in themselves and find yeah. that leadership quality in themselves. And I'm really lucky to be surrounded by really, really smart people that do this job with me. Yeah. Yeah. So for the other leaders out there, that's just a wonderful piece of advice. We could, each of us have insecurities, but we we could allow them, those insecurities to, to limit the amount of bright, intelligent, or more talented people onto our teams or whatever, but it, it will come true. at the cost of less influence or less growth. Yeah. Right? So, I really do yeah. think you're right. Uh, um, knowing your own insecurities is really important. And then finding people that, that fill that, right? Yeah. Finding people that fix that for you. Yep. Um, finding people around you that are good at what you are not. Um, yeah. You cannot be everything to everybody. And there are, you have to recognize your own limitations. Um, I think knowing that is actually a strength because you just have to find it in other people to, um, to, to fill that. Sure. Um, and I'm really, really lucky that all my failings get more than compensated by the people that are around me for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, gosh, time flies. Thanks so much for, yeah, for joining us. We'll do it again sometime. Yeah, uh, if people wanted to reach you, what's maybe an email address? Yeah, uh, P. Clarkson, C L A R K S O N, at co.marion.or.us is my public email. And you can, I'm very easy to find. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you for joining us. You can hear our new podcast episodes air every Saturday at 11 a.m. on KSLM. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks for listening to Leading Well by Valor Mentoring.